0: Hello and welcome to the Yggdrasil podcast. I am your host Tosker, and today we have two very special guests, the Lore Hunter and Zio Storm. Welcome, guys.
1: Why oh, hello there.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Lore Hunter, I've had you on before, but uh, at the time I had I didn't have very many uh, Dark Souls and Elden Ring subscribers, and that's changed a lot uh, recently. So, I think it'd be great if you reintroduced yourself, and then Zio after you.
1: Sure. Uh yeah, so I uh do stuff on the internet under the Lore Hunter and I uh have a focus on talking about uh just, you know, mainly souls games design and lore and narrative content. So, uh sort of most things, but um not particularly a whole lot about multiplayer and stuff like that. So, pretty much anything around game design and stuff and Souls games and Metroidvanias is sort of where I, what I like to make content on, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, let me just add
0: that Lore Hunter has, uh, since we know Elden Ring's coming out, uh, his channel's main focus has been keeping up with the um, current mm-hmm. events and he'd has some really great editing skills. So a lot of will come out at once and then he'll condense it all in a really palatable format. Uh, I, I really like watching uh, his stuff whenever he makes a big, well-edited video. Um, I also want to say, Lore Hunter, thank you for coming on my podcast the last time, because at the time, I pretty much had no videos talking about Dark Souls or Elden Ring in any real capacity, and so, uh, you know, I appreciate that. That was great.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I had a great time, and I'm happy to be back and uh, teaming up with Zio Storm. (laughs) So, Zio, tell us about your channel.
2: Yeah, so I mainly focus on Elden Ring. Well, it's kind of, I kind of do all of the Souls games, but... As of late, it's kind of evolved into more of Elden Ring news and leaks and that kind of stuff. We get into the speculative side a lot, diving into like some of the more obscure leaks and everything, but that's kind of the main focus of what it's turned into. But I also do like video essay type deals about the Souls games and just what I like about them. Yeah, I looked and that's kinda of,
0: I looked through your channel um in preparation for this podcast, and I noticed that uh, your channel is uh, relatively new, and it's had a similar trajectory to my own. Uh, if if you go back six months to your videos, you were doing back then, um, you were much smaller back then, and you were you were getting a lot less views. And then you just suddenly jumped into into the situation that you are now, which is very similar to what happened to me. I, I wasn't really doing much of YouTube uh, six months ago, you know, seven months ago around that time.
2: Yeah, I noticed that as well. Actually, it was kind of around Gamescom when I got the big jump. After that new Elden Ring trailer dropped and we got to really break down everything that we could see in there and analyze a lot.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, with that out of the way, I was going to start before a few days ago when we when we planned this podcast, I was gonna start and I was going to be like, you know, we should talk about the marketing and why there isn't any marketing. <laughs> why 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 aren't they playing up George R. R. Martin stuff like that? Like what's going on with, with that. Uh since then though, we kind of know what's going on with the marketing with the uh, the delay for february and uh the network test that's coming out
2: yeah definitely i was and i literally just made that video talking about the marketing and cool. i kind of felt bad because i was bashing it and then like two days later we hear that it was delayed in there kind of got our answer in that
0: yeah uh lore hunter started making his series of uh you know, his 100 days, he'd make a a new video and he he had just started that just, just then. And now we're going to have to start that 100 day series a lot all over again, later down the line.
1: Yeah, it's true. I was, I was definitely, I knew what I was getting myself into. I went ahead anyways, and I'm just glad that they stopped me near day 96. (laughs) So I will resume Day ninety five. Oh, okay. I'm not re I'm not going to remake those. I decided, but I'm going <laughs> to resume day ninety five and we'll continue. But it was it was mercifully short. But I did get a bunch of comments of people being like, "Rip, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's okay." But it, it's interesting to me too. Mentioning the marketing is like, I do. I'm not a marketing person at all. So any any of my opinions are purely. Subjective, and I've been following the Souls games since Dark Souls 1. So I've been a fan of the games for about a decade now. And, you know, it doesn't really matter with Elden Ring because it's just not doing stuff the same way. But it's interesting just looking at other games because marketing, like if you take Deathloop for instance, the marketing team, they weren't really designing their schedule around any delays, they just kept pushing forward. And then delays happen, so I don't know that that's a common thing, and I think that was probably a factor for the Elden ring marketing to some degree. But the marketing to me is still such a weird thing because I had made plenty of videos and plenty of content where you mentioned like playing up George R. R. Martin, and I'm still surprised that they haven't done that more because just from my view is in it is sort of echoed by. The uh, VP of Bamco, who said that they're trying to get a broader audience with this title. But then, you know, George R. R. Martin is bigger than the Souls games. Like Game of Thrones, that's a bigger audience. And it's probably an audience where you would possibly catch a lot of new people. And I'm just surprised that they haven't leaned into that angle. And I think when you're going mainstream, you do need to give more time. I don't know if the Blitz marketing thing, like, I, you know, apparently it can work. And maybe that's what they're trying to do but it's just interesting. Cause I think I would think you would need time. Like I always thought that they would do a solid six months of building word of mouth doing stuff, getting George R. R. Martin's name attached to the project. But even still, they're really not doing that. So w- one thing that you just said caught my interest, you said that in Deathloop,
0: the the marketing wasn't based around, um, it wasn't based around the idea of delays. And so mm-hmm. that implies that they're might not have been that much communication between the marketing team and the people developing the the game because the people developing yep. the game wasn't wasn't telling the marketing team hey slow down we, we we're gonna have delays the marketing team just you, you know it just kept going and so that's yeah. interesting um
1: yeah exactly because like the marketing team like you have to coordinate with third parties and get stuff together so you you're, you're dealing, you're very outward facing compared to the development team. And so you sort of have to move along, I assume to some degree in good faith that things are going to happen. Otherwise you can't make plans. So Um, But with Deathloop I think it's sort of known for having too much marketing and the problem was is that they had like a launch trailer and then they delayed the game after that and then they just had, they just like kept showing it and they kept getting these little delays and these were small delays sort of like the five weeks we're looking at for Elden Ring and it came out, that the director said the reason that they had that delay was actually very logistical, it had to do with distribution and shipping and that there were complications along those lines. So it wasn't actually a development issue as much as a uh, distribution issue. So I do wonder if, you know, like I know that they're talking about balancing issues and stuff, but given the current global situation of having a lot of shipping issues, I do wonder if that is at all on their mind and, you know, could be part of the reason. I still think they're taking as much time as they can get just because it's a title that's probably really stretching their development skills because it's such a different thing than their previous games but yeah it's it's, i still find the marketing mind-boggling and after two years of following it pretty closely i'm starting to just kind of throw my hands in the air because nothing (laughs) i've said has panned out so
2: (laughs) yeah that's the thing i noticed the most with them is like in the vp interview the words really contradicted the actions Mm -hmm. and so they said they want to expand into this new audience that they haven't right. reached with the Souls games, but they haven't talked about George R. R. Martin. And then they talked about wanting to break into the Western audience, but then they show it in Japan. And so yeah. <laughs> it's very, very confusing. And I don't know if there's a lot of communication between the the heads and the marketing department, because just from my personal experience in marketing, whenever that goes on, they kind of it's really hard to communicate the image of the campaign Mm. with the people that are actually doing the work. Yeah. And so they expect you to have a vision, but then the vision that they see is different from the people executing on it. And so, and the part about the three, the three people across Europe, I found (laughs) that very strange as well too, because it also seems like Bandai Namco US is not involved in this at all.
1: Oh my God. They're not like, um, (laughs) You know, they're not doing anything like I, that's who, you know, myself and I assume you guys, like, if we're trying to build a relationship with this publisher, hoping to maybe get review copies or to be able to interact with them and sort of do creator content stuff, they are, they're not doing anything. And even the, the announcement for the network test, did you see that? It was like phone. It was like a phone dimensions. Like it wasn't a full normal <laughs> video video. It was just really weird, and really, they've been very silent, and the fact that at New York Comic Con, where they kind of showcase their big games coming out and that have come out, the fact that Elden Ring didn't even show up as, like, a show the trailer again sort of thing is super weird to me, and to what Xylestorm was saying about, like, the difference in the campaign and the dev team, it's really interesting, and I had a couple thoughts about that with, so... There's a story about Dark Souls 2 where if you're around for, you probably remember there was the mannequin enemy who looked really cool in the Dark Souls trailer and then they changed it and they looked really derpy in the actual release. And the story from Jay Cartia, who was the Bamco US community manager at the time, he relayed a story on Bonfire Side Chat, which is a podcast about Souls games. And he said that, they were asking from for like a marquee enemy, like the black Knight that they could kind of latch onto, to that they could kind of market. And so from gave them this, and then they developed the urban legend about there being an IP infringement issue with the mask. But according, at least to the bandai Namco community manager from just changed it and they never told them like they just, it wasn't, it wasn't this big enemy. They just sort of gave them something. So, that's like a tiny, you know, maybe not a very, yeah, maybe it's not a very fair or accurate view into the relationship between the two groups of From and Bandai Namco, but it certainly says a little something. And then to your point, Zyostorm, about the uh, play, play, play event, I I looked back at it today just to make sure because I'm working on a video for some of the recent stuff, and it is worth noting that the trailer they show at the end it doesn't have bandai namco's logo it's just from software because they're the oh, ones really? who they publish in japan so 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 it made it clear that you know bandai namco's name could have been there but this was a purely from soft published thing that they were presenting and kitao is an ex sony marketing person he worked with from on bloodborne and then he was poached after that project and so it is interesting that Elden Ring, the official Twitter did not like retweet that event at all. And then it is shown as clearly a from published product, but you would think they showed interesting and significant for dorks like us, like interesting and significant things like the day night cycle. They showed a new screenshot, the two new screenshots. So it is just crazy to me. Like, I don't understand from is self publishing in Japan. That's typical, but the fact that there's just that wasn't something that bandai namco even like picked up on or even was aware of i just i don't understand it mm-hmm.
2: the real yeah, question I think it's really i'm sorry go ahead
0: sure uh well i just wanted to ask you guys what you think about this like the real the real concern is do you guys think that this is worrisome like because this is a lot of stuff that keeps building up and and that thing that zio said a while ago that just kind of hit me um Could it be that this is uh, this delay and because here was my rationale for why I didn't think there was going to be a delay at all. I believe there would be no delay because the game was silent for so long. They didn't really have to announce it like they could have chosen to not announce it until they were confident that they could meet their release date. People want to meet their release dates, presumably, you know, it's Mm. it's, um, presumably they would like Mm. to avoid delays. So they didn't have to announce it. They didn't have to do all of that. And then for there to be a delay and uh, Bandai Namco not saying anything in North America and from software doing their own thing in Japan and then Bandai Namco not saying anything for the US uh, and Europe like what's do you, do you think that this could be a systemic problem with the game that it would get another delay
2: that's something i pointed out on twitter and i kind of got a lot of flack for it because it was like they had been silent so long they didn't need to give a specific release date at all They could have just said like early 2022 or something like that. And so when this delay came out, I was like, you know, that's not very cool because I knew people that took off work for that and then they can't reschedule their vacation weeks and all that stuff. But to me, it really seems like one of two things. They're either very fixated on this marketing tactic of silence and they think that it worked so well so far that it's going to continue to work, which we're kind of seeing it fall apart now. Or there's a very very solid disconnect between Bandai and From, and I'm not sure exactly which one that could be. Because Miyazaki said that
0: there would be no delays. He was confident there would be no delays. I remember hearing that mm-hmm. quote from him.
2: So that's yeah. And then Keita said it like a week before. Yeah. Yeah. That they were confident. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was. It was like uh, yeah, two weeks before the play, play, play event, and then <laughs> just a few days after they show that date. At that event, which I understand if they're not ready to publicly announce a delay, they would of course show the previous date right. because otherwise it would be a little weird. But it, yeah, it does it does read weird. And I looked a little foolish, as I often do following pre-release stuff, because I was like, Miyazaki is pretty confident and Katao is pretty confident. And I remember back to Sekiro when I was doing coverage for that game leading up to release, Miyazaki, there was just an interview, I think it was with Game Informer, where it was in January, they had done the interview in December, and he was a little less confident sounding, and he was just Mm. talking about how they still had some stuff to work out. And it got people really worried that Sekiro was going to be delayed, but it didn't. And so I was using that experience that I had seen, and I was like, well, he's more confident about this, and he's not giving himself much wiggle room when he's talking about it in this case. So I was feeling pretty good and like you guys said, they ha- they they could have just put early 2022 if there was any doubt. So it is surprising that they would then throw a delay on there, but I I'm overall I'm not too worried. I talk with people about this stuff a lot of the time and I've like <laughs> I've done a couple Dark Souls marketing videos and I've followed their games it is not unusual for them to have strange hiccups when they're working with Sony, when they're working with Bandai Namco. Activision went very smoothly, ironically enough. Um but like for instance, like the Bloodborne had an interactive trailer and it was so broken. It was so hard to get on that website. It was such a janky mess. <laughs> and so when I I was talking with uh Mordecai about how there, those like weekly tweets how the graphic design keeps shifting sometimes it has a logo sometimes it doesn't now there's like a filter added on to one of the images it reads very inconsistent which as someone in a design field like seems crazy to me but we don't have any idea where these things come from so i think xyostorm is somewhat on there where it's like i don't know if it's a communication issue i don't know what i'm not super worried though because these their games and the, their processes always kind of feel like it's a little bit of a mess and it mm. turns out fine. But you know, like there's been pretty big debacles before like um, dark souls Two, the lighting issue, like, you know, and dark souls two, as much as it gets, you know, some fair criticism and it's not, it's pretty low on my list of my favorite souls games. It's still a really good game, but it's also a miracle that it came out once you learn of all the stuff going on. So I don't know it. You know, Elden Ring is a bigger challenge for them. And I expect there are some good stories that we may never hear surrounding its development. But um, nothing has been so outside of it beyond the weird marketing that, you know, I don't know what to do with that. And I think the sort of bummer there is like when Dark Souls 3 was coming out, I didn't like the marketing at all. I thought it was so cheesy, like Slashy Souls, the little crappy mobile game, the uh, Dark Souls Wings challenge. uh, that the eli roth trailer that was cool but didn't look at all like dark souls like yeah. these were all like weird uh the retro trailer and they had so many goofy things bad, i didn't like it at the time stuff. I was like, yeah bad stuff but i would kill for that now oh like, yeah at least they were having fun i feel like here's the biggest thing that sort of bums me up it doesn't seem like they're having any fun with the marketing like they're not they're not doing anything cool like it's just so quiet And so strange. Like, I don't know if COVID plays into this. I am... I am... I have faith in From producing a good product, but I have no clue what's going on in the background. So I'm not worried, but I'm also... Like, as someone who follows this stuff closely, I have no answers. Like, it's just... We can't it's tell, not the worst but it's we can't weird. tell anybody anything <laughs> we,
0: can't, yeah. we can't like we don't know all of our all of yeah. our predictions are wrong everything that we, we thought I've, was yeah. mistaken yeah. you know i <laughs> I've also so many times <laughs> i also had a uh, 100 day celebration thing um video where i was talking about <laughs> you know other trailers where you know you know these games got delayed so much that they they went silent they got shelved and so let's let's look at some of these awesome game trailers for games that never are going to exist and i included deep down and stuff like that and uh immediately after like two days later boom it gets delayed and and that whole I, i've been getting in my inbox just haha this hasn't aged well over and over yeah like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm also trying to be unconcerned the only thing that slightly concerns me is their own wording so again it's the marketing their own wording mm-hmm. for what why the delay happened and what they say is something <laughs> like the scope of the game and the strategic choices uh you know has been increased beyond our expectations and so we need this extra month to to get into that (laughs) if it's something like the scope of strategic choices like you're going to need a lot more than a month is my is the thing I I I, so I would rather they just say if it's the shipping problem just tell me it's the shipping problem because I know you know I don't have to worry it's just the shipping it's just a logistical issue if it's something as central as the uh i just hope they're lying is basically what i'm saying i just <laughs> hope that they're lying about that
2: the way i interpreted that was like i don't know the first thing that came to my mind was sequence breaking mm. so like people going straight to the end of the game or like cuz we got that qa tester leak that he said was from 2 weeks ago mm. and if they found something big then that would kind of line up in the timeline but yeah. to me it's like there's always been ways to sequence break before yeah. So when I read that and that came to mind, it was kind of like maybe they're trying to crack down on that more and make it a a more fleshed out linear. Not I don't want to say linear, but like make you play the way they want you to in a mm. kind of way, if that makes sense.
0: No sequence breaks, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I sort of I sort of think my so from software released their own separate tweet. So that was the Bandai Namco. It was this like super flowery speech. Like they've been using this like very not hyperbolic but yeah flowery so it like it's yeah it's like a non-sentence it feels like you know just like some bs speak. sort of speak corporate speak yeah. you gotta like sort of give some weird metaphors if i was to throw my own guess if if that stuff has any basis in reality you know we know that They started the game, and at the very beginning of development, the legacy dungeons were sort of the big thing, and the side dungeons, I would assume, as well. And the open world was like this negative space, essentially, you know, a la Shadow of the Colossus. Like, Mm -hmm. not quite as dead, but like, the same balance in where they meant for you to spend your time. It was sort of, you know, a way between, and... Over the course of development, they increasingly did more stuff in the open world mm. because they just they said they really loved it and thought it was a really great opportunity. So, if I was going to read that as anything that might tell me what's going on, that that sounds like scope creep to me. The open world is scope creep. And we already I know see. PvP multiplayer just presents all these like, you know, I could list off of a half a dozen issues that they've talked about and that people have wondered about, like, you know, where, is there any sort of fog gates? How do you partition off the the open world? How far can you go? What happens right. if this or that happens? What happens if you're getting on your horse when you summon someone? In all these things, so I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Like, they tweeted out the network test announcement, and three minutes later they sent out the the, the delay. That means, like, that's the clearest, obvious, like. Here's the good news and the bad and news, but bad also, news, yeah. is that a hint? Like, do did, were mm. they not going to do a network test, and they were trying to make it work, but they just realized that they needed that critical mass that a network test could provide, and they decided to do one, which would then in turn delay the game, because they have this scope creep in the open world, and they really need to find out if multiplayer works in the open world.
2: That's exactly that's exactly how it read to me mm-hmm. was like, we, I don't know if they were planning on actually having one. Yeah. And I wonder how much the, the community explosion around the PVP played into that. Mm. So where they have this network test to get the community feedback on everything. And the part that kind of creeps me out about it is the no live streaming. Yeah. yeah. They're still talking about it being a work in progress, which I understand, but how much of that is creative freedom. And were they actually going to make this network test to be playable? And now they're just trying to like section off an area that yeah. might not be complete, but it's their best thing to work with right now. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really not sure what the thought process on that is.
0: I'm not sure how they intend to enforce this no live streaming thing. That's unenforceable. Un- exactly. And it's, yeah. and
2: it's, it's impossible.
1: You can't, you can't like, I get like, maybe you can crack down on streaming a little bit, but I don't understand. Can you even upload footage? Because if they said, no, you can't upload footage. That's like, that's like, there was a, there was that QA footage leak up for one hour and you can find it on the internet in a thousand Everywhere. places. Everywhere. Try taking 50,000 people. Yeah. Even if like 1% of them upload footage, it'll be there forever. Like it's impossible. It'll be easy to find. You won't mm-hmm. even have to like, it's a Google search away.
2: Yeah. And we asked um the community manager about that and he said he didn't know yeah but after <laughs> after the gameplay leak came out people were linking my discord and he came in there and he was talking like i just got to do my due diligence around here and figure out what's going on so I, I feel like that's his job to crack down on but then he also doesn't know if videos are going to be allowed yeah that's, feel that's kind of because they don't mention videos
1: they they said streams yeah they very specifically mm-hmm. said streams and, Which is weird, too. If you're not going to allow one, why would you allow the other? Yeah. And if you're not going to allow both, why would you word it that way?
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, either way, the thing is, I with this network test, the only thing, and this is wild speculation, I'm not even sure I believe this myself, but I've, I've heard a lot of people tell me that, that this is what they think. That the the PvP issue that we had a while ago, where you can't solo host invade. Um, mm-hmm. the backlash on it was so big that they, that perhaps this delay is due to them trying to implement it. And that's what explains their announcement of the network test. Cause they need the network test to help them out with the PVP, uh, it, with the way the marketing is going, I wouldn't be surprised if in the network test, we can solo host invade without any, them having told us anything. And they're testing it like uh, uh, the way, the way that things have been running so far, like I would not even be surprised. Um, uh, I'm not sure that I believe that that's the case, but it's definitely plausible because every indication that i saw from the fextra Life interview or that talked about this issue was talking about how they are making it really clear that this is not a finalized decision you know and then we got nothing past that point you know there was right. a big backlash on reddit on on game facts people were talking about it all over the place and i can't fi- you know i actually wanted to talk about lore hunter about what he thought about the pvp because um lore hunter doesn't really engage with the pvp aspect as much as some of the rest of us and i could i couldn't find someone to come into my podcast to talk about the <laughs> pvp issue that was <laughs> uh in favor of uh the-, the current change i tried i looked for content creators all over the place and i found uh i am amish uh, and he i brought him in but by the time from the point when i asked him to come in to the point that he got to the podcast, he had changed his mind <laughs> and now he was against uh solo host and favored so I would like to have like a not circled jerk conversation about that, but I can't find anyone um, to to discuss it with.
1: yeah, and it's you know for me I'm, yeah I don't I do some co-op I'm not too much for invading, but I also am not someone who dislikes being invaded and uh so Cass from factual sort of got at part of that where. He made a video where he discussed his sort of transformation from being someone who doesn't like PVP to being someone who engages in it a lot. And you know, it's sort of on the similar spectrum where I don't I am not I don't feel strongly about PVP, but what I do want from PVP is for it to be organic. And it's more organic when someone can invade and you know you're it's not under those you know very strict circumstances of me co-oping because i just like it as part of like a sort of random part of the pve experience so i would also prefer it and you know i do wonder about that backlash because it's not the area i'm most um acquainted with but it does sound like it was very much you know i had heard like the reason you couldn't have mount stuff you know mounts in co-op and pvp was because Like, the game just couldn't handle it. Like, frame, you know, performance dropped way out. And so, I wonder if the open world is just something that they didn't start with thinking that it was going to be this big multiplayer thing. But as the scope grew, they were like, hey, let's try it. And they're struggling to get performance to actually work with, you know, having someone come in. So, they're trying to put it under these, like forced circumstances but it's it's really hard to tell because i don't i don't really understand how that would you know you know affect solo invasions beyond the fact that they want to make sure you're already not on your horse and they want to do these other they want to make sure these other things are in place and the only solution they had was by having you like sort of opt in to multiplayer by summoning people but i am not particularly in favor of that either and i know talking with people like Mordecai and other people who participate in PVP, like that was bad news. And, you know, the community has responded and that's, that's a real concern for a lot of people. I don't think it will kill the PVP if they keep that in place, but I, I find that the PVP community is probably the best thing to keep a game going, the longevity of the community, Mm -hmm. which is great because the more people playing the game still, the more people who are going to be interested about design stuff, video essays, lore, stuff that I do. So it's it's good, not just for a numbers thing, but it just keeps the conversation going about the game much longer when the PvP community is healthy.
2: Right. Yeah, no, That's that was my biggest concern, honestly, was the longevity. Because like I've been around since um, Dark Souls 1 got ported over to... When it was free for Xbox 360, that's when I hopped in. It was like a year after. But the the community was still alive, but the only part of the community that was alive for me, that I like actively involved with, was PvP. And so, in games like Sekiro, where there's no PvP, I played through it like, I got all the endings, but then I was just done. And there was nothing to bring me back, but I kept finding myself, like I still play Dark Souls 3 to this day, just PvPing for fun. And I really don't touch the PvE in that game anymore. And so, to hear that a game as big as Elden Ring, with all these new aspects, like the spirit summons, when I heard that, my mind instantly went to, like, what that can do for PvP, and all the new experiences we can have with that. And so, for them to say, that's not going to be allowed, and then the mounts aren't going to be allowed, like, horseback combat would have been so much fun. It's just, like, to me, there's so much wasted potential here. If it's a technical
0: issue, then, then you know, fine. My my only... right. Like I obviously I agree with you. I made I made I made two videos talking about um, the thing, and I tried to be very clear in those videos that I'm in favor of solo host invasion, and that, uh, but at the same time maybe explaining why they might be making that decision, and um, I won't repeat that here. But for me personally, like I, I fall under a very specific subset of player. You know, I I like PvP. I like engaging with the invasion system. But this isn't even about me invading other people. This is about me wanting to interact with the world organically, like Lore Hunter was saying, and get invaded randomly as I'm doing stuff. And I'm not going to co-op. I, I'm not a co-op type guy. My first playthrough, my first, the first playthrough in a Souls game is sacred. You, do, <laughs> <laughs> you. I just want to be left uh, alone and occasionally get invaded by other people, yeah. and then occasionally do You're my own my my own invasions. Um, you know, invasions are themselves are really cool because I remember in Demon Souls, uh, the first time the first game that I that I played in the series, I invaded in the Shrine of Storms and it was a second area, it was Shrine of Storm's second area. And as I was hunting for the guy, I noticed that he had found an invisible wall that I didn't know about. And so now I knew about that invisible wall in my own world. Uh just yeah. little stuff like that. Invaders pretending to be like wearing a ring and pretending to be an enemy and then like tricking you and backstabbing you or hiding in the grass with an emote or something like you like all those little interactions that you can turn into videos that become like these uh huge part of the shared experience that we're all having is um it's valuable and i think people the, the people that are against that are in favor of this decision aren't realizing a lot of that
2: yeah yeah I, for I, me in yeah. dark souls you can go ahead sorry
1: oh I, I was just gonna say that you know you sort of maybe this was mentioned in your video but it was a good video i enjoyed it it was a good balanced uh, discussion, which is nice, but this, the, the PVP is seen as like the enemy and they are to the host, yep. but also there's going to be new PVPers who just want to try it. Cause it's fun. And how is anyone going to engage or be interested in continuing PVP? If every fight's a two or three on one, like a three on one fight is not going to be fun for someone, especially with other like potentially new co-op people who Mm. are just going to gank on them they all might be very you know unskilled but nobody is going to have a fun time getting into pvp if it's like if it's all being outnumbered two or three to one
0: my concern is that exactly what you just said i am skilled enough i'm confident enough that against an average party i will do okay like, I will get an okay number of kills, 2v1s and, and 3v1s. I'm not concerned about myself. I'll do fine. Uh, I'm concerned about the new players that may not understand that this is something they could really enjoy and get a very negative experience the first week. Like, like when there's... Another person is a lot. Like, a whole nother, it's a whole other person with that whole other health bar and all its healing items and spells. And, like, that's a lot to contend with. It takes a lot... Uh, from the experienced PVP in experienced invader to be able to deal with that. And I just don't see it as reasonable to expect that level of uh, skill from new players.
2: My very first experience with PVP was back in Dark Souls 1 in uh, in root Garden. And I joined the Forest Hunters Covenant and I got summoned into a world. But it was me versus a host and two phantoms. Mm-hmm. And I got completely wrecked. And I hated PVP at that moment. But the second time I went in, it was a host and a phantom and then me and another invader. And that experience right there, the balance of it made me fall in love with PVP. If they were
0: going to take away for technical reasons, because of the Mount and the open world, I would be fine if they just restricted to do what you're going to do with the open world right now with only co-op. but then the legacy dungeons, since there's no Mount anyway, just let me yep. invade like normal. Oh, not just, yes. yeah, let me lurk around the legacy dungeons and invade like <laughs> normal.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense to me. Is like, I don't know the technical side of if that is hard to implement, but man, just legacy dungeons, you're saying that's the classic Souls experience. If you need to limit the open world, like you're saying, I don't think too many people are going to complain if you say, but in the legacy dungeons where everybody has to go for the main story. That that's where shit's gonna go down and it's gonna get kind of spicy. Like I think that's the intent of the legacy dungeons. Anyways, they're gonna be these challenging gauntlets. So just design a bit around that. And and yeah, no, it's that would be a great way. And I'm curious why that isn't something, but maybe maybe it will be. And I think the other thing too is um, it's it's four player max, right? Which is also yes. a real problem just because. Like, you're saying, like, the odds are stacked against you. Like, when I have co-opt, I tend to co-opt two people. I tend to just grab two signs. Right. You know, like, just because it's more fun. If I'm going to have the more, the merrier, basically. Like, if I'm bringing other people in, let's let's go for it. So, because, like, you're not... You're hardly going to ever get those two-on-twos, like Zaya was saying. And that is so much fun when that happens in Dark Souls 3 shows like some of the potential of that. I don't love the covenants in Dark Souls 3 that much cuz I think they're kind of bland from a you know a, a flavor perspective, but they do such interesting things with like the different colors of phantoms and just all the interesting mix-ups and that sort of requires that bigger player limit. So if you can't do it in the open world, just make it Dark Souls 3 PVP inside the legacy dungeon.
2: Yeah. Like it, I don't understand what any technical issues would be with PvP that wouldn't present themselves in a co-op situation, like that right. doesn't make any sense to me from a technical perspective. Well, in the dungeons, I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. But in this game, you're not embered at all, right? Because it's in. So that's an interesting aspect. Is there's no longer a currency for co-oping, but like, I don't know if that's like the end of the world. Like there's. I don't know, I feel like they could design around that if they were worried about like constant invasions. They already have a cooldown timer, I think, built into yes. the game. Yes. So it's like just work with that.
0: Uh, I looked at a post by Illusionary Wall, which is apparently a very um credible, very well-respected member of the Dark Souls community. And he was talking mm-hmm. about how the cooldown timers in Dark Souls 3 works. And I looked at some Reddit posts, I like I did some research and then I tested it myself and my findings are are in line with his. And he makes the claim that when you first boot up a character, all right, and you're embered, you can go out and you'll be in, and you'll get invaded, and win or lose that invasion, you will never be invaded again in the high wall of Rothric, um, even if you die and get an ember up again. You will not get invaded until you get to an area with a like an invasion area, like the the garden, the the forest, or the altered <laughs> faithful area. And so he's making this very specific claim. He's like, if you don't engage with the co-op multiplayer if you don't put on the way of the blue if you don't um summon a white phantom if you don't do any of those things you will not get invaded again even if you're embered uh even if you die a million times no matter how much time passes and i tried to replicate it i could i couldn't get invaded even though in my brain i'm like i'm sure i've gotten invaded uh like i didn't believe it like it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous and amish made that same claim another party pod- and and so um what this says is that these people that, that are making these claims like I got invaded they're they're engaging consistently with the the co-op uh, they're, they're engaging consistently with the the summoning. um and they're they're not uh they're not solo hosts they're not solo hosts in the first place, so this wouldn't apply to them anyway
2: hmm I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that either. i knew there was some kind of yeah. cooldown but you yeah, know yeah, i I, I was completely completely
0: uh, didn't know that I had to do a lot of digging to 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 make sure um and you know apparently someone uh a friend of illusion Ball. this is a story that Amish was telling me was doing a stream and he's like all right we're testing this invade me and he couldn't get invaded so pretty wild yeah if true then the the system that they're talking about already exists you can't get continuously invaded unless you engage with the multiplayer in which case, this is what Elden Ring would be anyway, since you would get mated immediately.
2: Yeah, yeah, the whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense. And the way I kind of saw it is, I remember the quote of them saying, we want to make it less annoying. <laughs> and so, to mm-hmm. me, it's like, do they see this as more of an annoyance than a core part of the game that people enjoy? Who said that? What, what Where's that quote from? I remember reading that after, uh, after Gamescom, mm-hmm. in one of the Miyazaki interviews. Huh. The the direct quote that I remember was, the goal is to make it less annoying for both players.
1: Well, okay. Then. Yeah, and I, and I think that quote also had a bit to do with, um, just because I have a weird knowledge of this stuff, is I think it was also touching on uh, them providing some way of identifying where invaders are in the open world. So that Yeah, I remember
2: would... that too, some kind of yeah. tracker or something, but I never heard about it again.
1: Yeah, so that they won't be completely hidden and that's so and an invader can sort of figure out where a player is too and it won't be like you you won't be able to just run in the wrong direction from each other there's they're trying to provide ways to make sure you're not chasing someone across the countryside but um yeah it's that's that thing about dark souls 3 it seems like they've solved the issue and you know maybe it's lingering issues you know like dark souls 1 didn't have some of that stuff but then dark souls 2 had its own thing which illusory wall also touched on about how like soul memory and he has some really great videos about how it's not like terrible but then like once it how it interacts with other systems makes it really just frustrating but yeah so but by dark souls 3 i've never really had a, a an issue with that i like i had the experience that i wanted from pvp as someone playing through dark souls 3 not my blind playthrough but the next one because and hopefully we don't get into anything like this with elden ring but you know that was the staggered release (laughs) so my first version was uh buying it on xbox and then switching regions so that I, i had a japanese copy and then on xbox because it's not region locked you could just switch your xbox back to like us and then it was in english for me
0: well, Certain I don't want to get hung up on the PvP. I just I do want to say one last thing. I got a comment on my video talking about um the, the twinking issue in in uh Dark Souls. And the thing is, the guy was like, you know, I try and play fairly. This is what the comment was saying. I try and play fairly. You know, I don't I don't twink. I don't use uh any of these items. Uh I, 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 I I'm good, but I have a respect for, for the other player and I want them to have a, a good time because, you know, they're the lifeblood of the of the future of the of the games. And however, now that this has happened, I am upset. I'm very angry and I suspect it has to do with a bunch of crybabies or or something like that. He was he was being rude. And and then from now on every single i will when i go into elden ring since i'm going to be fighting two or three people every time anyway all i will do is try and twink i will find every item that's overpowered at the early game i will i will do all everything in my power to just be the the most i can be uh and and none of you can say anything because you're ganking and that's (laughs) and and this is what you wanted so i was like oh that's just not a good attitude to engender in your player base it's not a good attitude to get people to start having
2: yeah, I don't yeah think- it's rough yeah. because, I don't know, to me, like, I, I absolutely hate gang squads. I can't stand it. And it's like 99% of my experience in Dark Souls 3 now when I try and go and oh, yeah. play that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: But... But there's a difference like I never between really ran into
0: twinks. Th- there's a difference you between like gank squads where they're like they're sitting there, they're waiting for the invader and they're you know decked out with whatever they're gonna have. Uh and then yeah. there's like just people that are going through the level. I'm perfectly okay with people going through the level, you know. Uh if it's a group of people with friends and they're just like they're naturally trying to go through the level and they're not really uh they'll they'll fight you off, maybe they'll chase you, but they won't chase you too far into the enemies, you know. Uh, like that's normal. Like that's a that's that's the ideal, I think uh invasion for me uh where, where it's multiple people uh but it's also they're not got all the meta gear they're just going through the level they're just trying to to get through it and so like it, it could take it could take a while but you know it's it's a it's mostly fair you have the enemies and and half the estus and they have all their stuff uh and they're they're inexperienced and they're not uh they're not just pvp meta slaves so it's it's fun <laughs> it's fun to fight
2: yeah and that's been like i love that experience too but After the game is out for a while Mm. and a lot of those initial playthroughs happen, the vast majority of ganks that I've run into are those they're farming for souls off invaders. Yeah. And so like and the small YouTuber made a video about it and I wish I could remember his name because his video perfectly summarized all my thoughts because his experience was very similar to mine where the first time I played through the game, I didn't really run into twinks. But then he said he went back and tested it and it was twink after twink. (laughs) <laughs> over and over again and he never found a a standard invasion yeah and to me like when i hear that like it sounds absolutely horrible even though i myself haven't experienced it but in my head ganking is just as detrimental to the experience yes and so i'm i'm very afraid that that's going to be the norm
0: well i just i don't think that from software cares about gankers um I think they care a lot about Twinkers. I think they care really? a lot about Twinkers, but I don't think they care about the invader's experience at the point where he chooses to invade. I believe, as I was um, made those two videos about, I believe that from software feels that the host is the person whose experience is being catered to right now, and the invader will get whatever experience he can out of it. Um, and so that's why I believe every game, more and more restrictions to the invaders. Less Estes, uh, um... You you can invade people that are much higher level than you. They're you, they're prioritized if they're co oping, um, and then now in Elden Ring, completely unable to invade them unless they're co oping, and then you can be tracked, so you can't hide in the level, which is kind of <laughs> not great because now that ruins the whole hiding in the grass thing for me. But yeah, whatever, it's so much fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sound very fun, but hopefully they'll work something out.
1: Yeah, come on, from you can do it. You've. you know it's yeah that from software has never prioritized their multiplayer it's always been a feature but it's always been secondary to pve in most cases and i just i i like like you're saying i like sekiro it's a lot of fun part of the reason it's not as replayable is because you don't have like builds really it's you just kind of the wolf every time but like yeah just i just hope they provide it and i just feel bad for like buddies of mine they've been waiting since 2016 for another from software <laughs> rpg and i just i don't want the community like they got Sekiro, which i know a lot of pvpers were obviously disappointed because it's a, it, it's unique enough that they don't feel like they can get that experience we can't get it anywhere else. Yeah, so like, else yeah there's nowhere else for us to go
0: there's no, yeah. only from software can do it. And the thing with Sekiro, Ugh. I had an interesting experience with Sekiro. I love Sekiro. And at the time when I was going through it, like halfway through the game, if you had asked me, I would have told you, probably Sekiro was my favorite game in the series, hands down, as I was playing it. But the yeah. moment I beat it, like the will to continue playing it was zero. And then my, mm-hmm. my my focus shifted immediately back. Oh, it's it's not my favorite game in the series. At the mm-hmm. time when it was playing it, I, I was having the most fun I think I've had in a while. With the PVE, but without that uh, PvP for me, it's just it can't be my favorite. I need to have it. So uh, I just wanted to touch on one thing. Um, I know I know you haven't seen the um, leaked footage, Lore Hunter uh, Zio. I believe you have
2: seen it. Yeah, I mean I posted it on my channel. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have, but I did. Did you did you get <laughs> into any kind of me. trouble
0: for that? Did they take it down or anything?
2: uh no but after that community manager popped up i'm a little bit uh a little bit scared <laughs> but <laughs> yeah
1: as a as a side anecdote and i don't know if this this can be cut if it's too much insider baseball but so i uploaded the leaked trailer earlier in the year and um i didn't get any copyright strikes i didn't get any um warnings or anything but i was getting continuously demonetized And I thought it was because I was watching the trailer and posting that up like all the time. And, you know, so I kept scrubbing my channel and cleaning up things. I kept getting accepted and then getting rejected again a little while later. A couple months ago, I took away the leaked trailer. Finally, I haven't had a single issue since. So so it's so you're uh, monetized. monetized. Yeah. And it's fine. And I never got anything to indicate it was a problem, but I can't help. But have that tiny little nugget of like conspiracy theorist in me who's like somehow they were screwing me over because I had this trailer up. So uh, I'd be curious to see how your experience goes long term. It I don't know. It's it's everywhere, so it's kind of hard for it to like be taken care of. But I am hmm. curious if there's like some back doorway of like sort of like yeah you know, no. I was gonna leave it up
2: for like a day, but then I saw like Fighter PL uploaded mm-hmm. it and a lot of other big channels did. So I was kind of. Kind of like, well, if they're going to get anybody, they're going to get them first. Yeah, they'll get them first, yeah. But, like, I didn't bother monetizing it, because I figured that would lead to issues down the line, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's... But I I doubt I'm going to keep it up long-term.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, say what you will, but it's like, at the end of the day, like, as a creator, like, if I had a big scoop or something, like, I would present it. If I found, for some reason, something really damnable about Bandai Namco from whatever... I would yeah. feel a certain responsibility, but I'm not like a journalist. I'm not going to spread this leak thing. Like, because I don't want to piss off Bamco over something that isn't worthwhile, which is why I was like, regardless, I'll just feel better if I take down the leaked trailer. And mm-hmm. it it worked out for me. But yeah, it's like, I, it's, it's going to be everywhere. And like you said, like fighter PL and other people they get stuff from Bamco all the time. So I don't know what they're doing, but if they get away with it, maybe it's not as big of a deal as I think, but I'm just like, I'm a small fish hoping to get some interaction. And I just, I don't want to step on their foot if I can avoid it. Yeah. Right.
0: So, well, the reason that I was asking about the trailer, um, was that it it incited kind of a big debate in Mm -hmm. the community (laughs) in regards to the graphics of the the game. It didn't look great, Um, and and some people were really upset, and then some people were really upset that other people were upset, and then some people (laughs) were upset that the second group of people were upset. Uh, So it just turned into a big thing, and I wanted to get your, you guys' thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, no, this like, this was a point I was really trying to drill home in my video about the marketing, because it was clear from like Body Video talking about it and everything that it was gonna be extremely similar to Dark Souls 3. And the vast majority of comments I got on the video that were negative, the leaked trailer, was that it looked like a mod for Dark Souls 3. And I was like, well, if they would have told people what they're buying, this reaction wouldn't have been near as bad. Because we know it's in the same engine. We know it's using a lot of the same assets and weapons and all that stuff. But I feel like people had this very grandiose image, which some gameplay footage or something would have solved. But as for the, it, it looked exactly like I was expecting, mm-hmm. but I've been keeping up with every like tiny bit of info. <laughs> and so I've had like a pretty accurate image. I believe so. Yeah. But for the people that haven't, I feel like it was a big letdown mm-hmm. and I can understand it, even though I don't agree with it, but you know, I understand how they drew that conclusion.
0: You know, I actually think you, you nailed, you nailed it. You hit the nail on the head. I I, I think that's, that's it. Like for me, well, Lore Hunter knows. I mean, he was—he's been waiting for Elden Ring uh, in a content capacity even longer than than we have. Like he's been—he's been at it, and all we had was that first trailer with no gameplay for a long time. And the last yeah. two games that From Software had released was what Diracene and Sekiro, very big departures from Dark Souls Three. And Sekiro looks much better, in my opinion, than Dark Souls Three. Yeah. And so we didn't really know what the gameplay was going to look like or if it was going to be closer to Sekiro or closer to Dark Souls or, or something completely new and different. And personally, like for the longest time while I was waiting uh, silently, not making any videos on about it, I thought it was going to be something completely different uh, from Dark Souls 3. Very little to do with uh, in, in comparison because we had no footage. Then we got the actual footage. All right. It still looked good and different, but it was clearly very much like dark souls 3 and right. i just don't think that we, we had that old mindset for so long i think a lot of people never got past it and then other people don't keep up with it as closely as we do you know mm-hmm. and so they might still have had this kind of mental image of something that just wasn't real um yep. and i will i will say it did kind of look bad like it, it did it, i would say it, there were some things about that leaked footage that looked worse than dark souls 3 but Mm. i don't think that it's going to look that way at the end like and frankly it could look like a potato and i would buy it anyway because (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: no and he said too it was on xbox one yeah yeah and an old build and so i mean if you play dark souls 3 on the xbox one you know how bad it is yeah but exactly like aside from that, I think they probably had the rendering turned down a lot
1: mm-hmm. just
2: for performance because it did look, and I'm, I may be like remembering this wrong, but to me it looked a little bit higher than 30, which I mean, obviously it was recorded secondhand, yeah. but like even the trees were copy pasted over each other. The grass was all reused. The rocks had really bad textures, but I feel like a lot of that, is potentially from the rendering settings Mm -hmm. just so they can like play the game smoothly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was really unfortunate that it came out and I thought it was unfortunate that IGN made an article about it because, and that will give some more mainstream touches into it. But like, I, I I have kind of watched it. I watched enough just to be a little bit knowledgeable about the complaints. I especially, I asked someone to guide me toward the biggest examples just cause I, I, for whatever reason, I've just decided to opt out of this cause it mostly, it's mostly a guy hopping around and it's just whatever. But, um, I don't know how much experience you guys have with capture cards, but capture cards can really mess up the way a video looks like before I had the capture card yeah, I have now, I had a bad capture card. And it made Bloodborne look like absolute trash when I, I tried doing it. And I actually just bought a new card. And the guy did say the capture card he's using wasn't the greatest. And I'm making a ton of assumptions about QA. I don't know how QA works. But um, I assume in QA, they're not going to be playing at ultra settings all the time. That they're, if they're like, we don't know why they're doing it, but I assume it's task based. So if they're testing collision they're not going to have shadows on because that's not what they're worried about. It's just going to slow them down and they're looking at the Xbox One. Like, unless they're purely testing performance, which it doesn't sound like it was that, there's just so many factors at play that could mess that up. And when you're going through those different channels with a capture card, you're going to have stuff that's going to pixelate. It's going to look worse. And I just, you know, it's, we've seen, like, it's sort of interesting because I had this... I saw the leaked trailer a little early. And before that sort of tying into stuff, I had seen one of the old screenshots that came out just, re- just was it today or yesterday? But mm-hmm. so one like, so I had seen what that crappy trailer looked like, but I had also seen a screenshot and I was like, well, the screenshot looks old, but it does not look as bad as this trailer. And So I think it's a similar thing where it's like the light you see it in can affect it so much. I didn't think it looked great, but I'm curious to see what you guys think in general. My general opinion is that the game from a technical perspective, not art direction, because that's a different thing, but from a technical perspective that like Xbox One, PS4, it'll probably look... little worse than Sekiro especially out in the open world but probably with more developed lighting just because the day-night cycle it's been such a focus for them is the lighting that I'm thinking that may actually be slightly better or on par with Sekiro. For PS5, Xbox Series X, I'm expecting it to look as good if not better than Sekiro and have like a solid 60 fps. I do think last-gen consoles will inevitably be at 30 fps i don't think there's a chance of them hitting 60 but i think you know that's sort of where i think it's gonna fall and that video didn't really make me think otherwise and i think the bummer and the bummer about the marketing being the way it is and stuff like that coming out is like i can't blame your average game consumer for seeing demon souls remake and then (laughs) seeing this footage and being like wow, this looks like Oblivion or something, you know, because just because the difference in quality looks so extreme. And I can't expect someone who doesn't follow these games to not know, like, Bluepoint made it for PS5. It's yeah. Elden Ring was never going to technically look as good mm-hmm. as Demon's Souls Remake, because Demon's Souls Remake was made probably for the express purpose of making the PS5 look really powerful and good. So Elden Ring is not that. But to to your points, like, when has Elden Ring ever told people that? <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, they have yeah. Like, haven't. this could have all been avoided. Yeah.
0: If the marketing was clear, yeah. It's, yeah.
2: yeah. I think But that's there was something tragedy. else I wanted to bring up, too. And I couldn't find this personally, but I don't know if you guys saw it. In, um, in the Network Test trailer, that first, like, 10-second clip mm-hmm. of it panning over the world up to the Earth tree, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that looks freaking beautiful. Yes. And oh, yeah. somebody said, you can see a save icon pop up yep. for, like, a split second. And if that's the case, and that's what the final game looks like, that actually exceeds my expectations. I I want to break
0: that up as well, actually. So, um, the the footage in the trailer looks good. Like it looks significantly better than than the leaked gameplay that that we mm-hmm. saw. Yeah. And then the footage from the um network test trailer looks way better than the footage from the old trailer. If you like, if you look at it. Mm-hmm. And then someone found uh took a screenshot of the leaked sorry no they took a screenshot of the trailer for the network test and that area with the lush trees and the church mm-hmm. and then they they put another screenshot that they took of that same area that they got from from the trailer and it's completely different like there were okay. no trees yeah. there was no That's trees the... it's dark it's, it's it doesn't look good in comparison I, I thought it looked good when I saw it on the trailer but mm-hmm. in comparison it's much better in the network test trailer and, uh, you know, you could see the item in the, di- in the distance, you can see the trees, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's gorgeous. And I was like, if it looks like that, no one's going to complain. They're not yeah. like, if it looks like, like yeah. it does in that trailer, no one's going to say anything bad.
1: Yeah. It
2: looks, And it that's looks the thing. Good. It just could have, it could have all been avoided mm-hmm. if they just showed the gameplay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to give some dork facts, cause this will probably be up on the next video I do. But every time I try to make a video, I was at a wedding this weekend Uh, So I couldn't do videos all weekend and I've been trying to catch up. And every time I do, every day is delivering new (laughs) stuff to talk about. So I'm like burying myself, but, um, in the first 95 frames of (laughs) the, uh, network test announcement, you can see the loading screen icon at the top, which is interesting to me. That plays out to be a second and a half of gameplay. I, (laughs) I think in frames, because I have spent the last few years framing through videos, And 95 frames is significant, which is a funny slip-up, but like you said, that is clearly like end of cutscene. They've loaded into the world, and it's just doing that like warbling, it's the Elden Ring icon, like logo, and it's just sort of like uh, glowing in and out. And it's for 95 frames, so that is 100% just like captured.
0: So you think that's just gameplay? That is just gameplay. that's
1: just pretty much gameplay there, and as you said, it is the colors are more vibrant. There's quite a bit more trees. I spent a long time triangulating the images and stuff like the church in the distance, it is in a different position. So like, it's interesting to see that like, they're still messing with the map. And you can even see beyond Stormvale, I can't be sure about this, but it seems like they've even added maybe like a tiny little bridge, and they've changed minor things to the geography behind Stormvale. And it's just really wild to see because I wasn't expecting there to be any sort of tweaks on that scale. But like seeing the church moving, like they're still like doing stuff like that, and that just that surprised me for whatever reason, and in like a good way because it looks so much better. It just gives me the impression that. They're really, really doing what they need to do to make the world look great. Cause I'm with you. Like I I was like, there's no way, like I heard people talking about how much better it looks. And then I was like, maybe it's just lighting it's time of day, but it's more than that. Like, it just looks, it just looks better. And like you said, I thought it looked really cool when I saw it. So to see it now and be like, oh yeah, that does look kind of lifeless. It's like, man, it's, it's great to see that the world is like autumnal and vibrant and just like it's not that that is the thing where show more of that that's not dark souls. Like that <laughs> no, is yeah. like No, exactly. Not dark that's souls. It, yes.
0: <laughs> that's exactly like that that's it's so different from the tone that Dark Souls sets. And and um that oh I I really I feel like this really is a marketing failure if, if people would not be able to complain if if we're correct obviously. And you know actually let me let me say something else. The thing you just mentioned with the bridge I, I did not notice that myself. But if if uh if you're right that, that goes to your point where you were suspecting that scope creep might be going on, and that's the reason, like, they're over here uh, making changes on this scale this late into the game. It's like, well, okay. Yeah, they could very well be working hard on filling this world with stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's just a shame that that's not what the average consumer is going to see, though. Yeah, What they're going to see is, like, the the screenshots beforehand, and the leaked gameplay blew up so big. Like, even with that IGN article and everything, like I had people commenting that didn't know about Elden Ring, but they saw that video <laughs> and it's just such a shame.
0: They also were complaining. But hopefully about the, they can change that. They also yeah. were complaining about the jumping animation, not even the graphics, the animation yeah. didn't look good to them. It's I, crazy. It looks, I fine. didn't, I don't, I didn't agree like that. That one, yeah. that's where the limits are. Like, I'm sorry. That's yeah. as far as I go.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, that, yeah. Something funny. else to, um, Oh, I just forgot what I was going to say. About the marketing. Oh, yeah, okay. So I made that video about the marketing, and then somebody went and ran a poll. Because one of my main points was that the average consumer that they're trying to target in the West that isn't a Souls fan does not know about this game. And it feels so hyped up to us in the community. But some guy went and ran a poll after um he saw my video, and the, the sample size was only like 500 people, so it wasn't that big. But sixty percent of people did not know what Elden ring was <laughs> in a gaming forum mm-hmm. and only only thirty percent of those people were gonna buy it, and then it was like ten percent that weren't gonna buy it on some but it was very shocking on some
0: level, I think I don't care um I don't think it matters to me very much if uh they market it at all? They could not market it at all until they release it, and and I I don't think I'd care that much. Other than there wouldn't be much to talk about, there wouldn't be a lot of internal hype to build for everybody. Um, but I don't care really if if they're they're going off and getting more people from the from the mass market. Like if if they get a bunch of people, then you know, great, more power to them. But I'm going to play it anyway, and everybody that I know that that I care about playing is going to play it anyway. So on that level, it it doesn't matter to me. It's in their own interests to market it. That's that's on them, right?
2: Yeah, that's the point. It's like the the words contradict the actions. Yeah, is what I was trying to get at with that.
1: Yeah, it's it is it's really weird. Like I I do have like family and friends who play the Souls games, but they kind of played it because I you know was like giving them copies and stuff, and they really enjoyed (laughs) them and played through it. And none of them had any clue that Elden Ring exists. And even when I would tell them, you know, then a while would pass, and I'd be like oh yeah, Elden Ring has a new trailer. And they're like, oh, what is Elden Ring again? Can you like tell me? So it's like, it's really, it's really not hitting. And like you said, it's their own self-interest. And so, you know, on the other hand, I'm like, well, they care more than anyone. They have to. It's just impossible. Like, whether it's money or whether it's just, you know, being respected as a creative person, you know, like Miyazaki isn't going to want it to be a thing. But it, yeah, it's just... I will be curious and, you know, it's something to probably look at after is like, like a retrospective just to see, like, did it end up working out for them? Like, what are they doing? Like, cause I, I like this network test. The the other funny thing is, is like, even though they're not streaming the network test, which is super weird and sort of dubious feeling to me. On the other hand, the network test is such a bold presentation <laughs> like for the amount yeah. we've seen of this game for them then to drop fifty thousand people in europe i don't know how many people in america i don't know how many people in japan like in internationally i have no clue how how much the total is probably at least like a hundred thousand plus people and they're gonna take us from having seen like a two-minute trailer to dropping a network test of footage on everybody. And like, that's crazy. Like it feels on the one hand, like very confident, except for the part where it seems like they're trying to maybe not let people see it too much. And then I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like what is happening? Like on the one hand, this is very confident (laughs) on the other hand, it seems extremely unconfident. And I just don't like, like people keep asking me, like, do you think that they're going to drop gameplay footage before the network test? And I'm like, I, I definitely, I definitely would, but <laughs> I don't know. Like they don't have don't that much know. time. Like it's weird. It's weird. It feels like a very, like I had written off a network test long ago, like a month ago, because I was like, there's no way at this point. And then it got delayed and then it actually now fits pretty well into their time frame for when they would do a network test. So like, it's super it's weird. it's like it's very cool for me and for a lot of people following the game because I feel like I know the story enough. I don't want to be spoiled on everything. I feel like I know right. the world plenty, and now I just want to see some gameplay and systems and there's no better way to see that than not having someone who's played the game for a thousand hours already play it. to see a bunch of people who just like the games jump in, fumble around and see what that looks like for a few hours is like if if I wasn't making content. I would be personally satisfied and I will be as someone making content, but I'll still continue to follow everything up to release. But like, it's so crazy to go from like, oh, I don't know much at all to like, oh, I have seen, I've seen the extent to which I want to see now. That's not how they've done their games previously before the network test. They've had trailers and demos and like all this other stuff. So it's just so wild to me that. We're gonna go from zero to sixty as far as our knowledge of what because the there'll game be hundreds
0: way. of hours of, of oh footage yeah. like there'll be hundreds of hours of footage uh from mm, yeah. the fifty thousand people like it's gonna be a ridiculous amount so and, much footage and, maybe this is some revolutionarily new marketing <laughs> thing the world has never heard of that <laughs> they're about they're about to drop the next marketing uh strategy oh well,
2: I hope not yeah that's what I was saying they made their own paradigm now yeah yeah but it, I'm really concerned that since they did specify about not wanting the streams because it's a work in progress, if the fact is that they're not confident in their work and then people get in and their expectations are not met, that's what I'm scared of. And I really hope that's not the case. And I don't think it will be because like we were talking about earlier with the leaked footage and everything, the expectations are so high. Yeah. And I just want them to like execute on it perfectly, but Mm -hmm. All we can do is hope right now. And
1: it's important for people to know, like, I've played in, like, all of their previous network tests. I've gotten pretty lucky. Knocked on wood there. Um, <laughs> I hope to get in for Elden Ring too. I'm dying to get into Elden in Ring. But th- all of their network tests are super janky. Like, it's important to know. Like, the gameplay, the moment-to-moment is okay. But the network tests for me have crashed. I've had trouble logging in. I couldn't do co-op for most of the sessions. I could hardly get invaded for most of the network tests. Like, there's a lot of problems. That is not the first thing. Some people who are, like, people who are worried about PvP, they've gotten no information about it since June, and this is the first thing. I'm just afraid that people aren't going to understand that that's just what a network test is. It's super janky. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's got
1: issues because it's supposed to have issues, and if you read the terms of service, they make that super clear like you're saying Ziya like they can't tell people not to stream it like I don't know I don't know technically like does streaming potentially affect at all the game's performance across like are they trying in some weird seemingly misguided way to make sure that the that it's not being streamed because that could somehow impact the game connection to any degree I don't think that's how that works but, but people I are going to be yeah, recording I
2: it. I don't think it would be, even yeah, if you I, can't
1: stream
0: it, weird. it. People will be recording it and will upload it one second after they're done. <laughs> like yeah. it, it'll still be recorded. <laughs> Whatever load streaming is going to have on it, it can't be significantly yeah. more than just recording it on OBS. I don't, I don't see Ex- the difference.
1: exactly. It's weird, and like they could put HDCP on if they want. Um, anybody who knows how to capture stuff knows you can get around HDCP. That's not a foolproof way. And even if they develop this amazing method where the consoles will not let me re- like capture footage, I can still whip out my iPhone and it'll still look 10 times better than their other leaked footage. So it's yeah. like, there's no possible way to keep people from seeing it. And it's just, it's wild to me. Like, I just don't get how the first, the first uncut gameplay, there's like a solid chance that it will be like, the first uncut gameplay I see of Elden Ring will be me playing Elden Ring. <laughs> it's just weird. It, it just is very... It's, it's I don't know what to say about it because it's such a bold move, but I don't get it. I don't get it.
0: That three-man marketing team is going to be hard at work, like taking down videos <laughs> 24-7, making sure no, none of the footage gets uploaded. Finally have something to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Bamco US <laughs> is going to start hunting down people or something. I don't know. They're just looking for something to do too. So,
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just such a strange situation <laughs> and it makes no sense from like a, a business standpoint. It all is so counterintuitive of like not promoting the best face of the product and then not getting it into the audience that it should be to maximize profits and all that like with the people that haven't played souls games because they know the people that play souls are going to buy it anyway. Mm. But yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I do want to, um, we got to wrap up here soon. Um, but I just want to ask one more thing. You guys, I'm sure heard the rumors of the blue point, um, making a, um, bloodborne two, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and the rumor came from a semi-credible source. Like, it's not the most credible no. thing in the world, but it was more credible than what we're used to. Uh, yeah, and sure. he specifically was talking about Bloodborne 2, not a Bloodborne remake, which is what I'm sure a lot of us would have wanted. Uh, what Do you guys think that's a credible thing that they're doing? And what would you think about a
2: Bloodborne 2 made by Bluepoint? Well, we talked about both. He said uh, a remake and a sequel. Oh, and the first one came from Colin Moriarty, who uh, does the PlayStation podcast and would definitely know that kind of information. And then another credible leaker just came out yesterday, or like a few days ago, and doubled down on it. And the both of them combined are like very, very credible sources. And well, hang on. I kind of get tired of talking about it.
0: The one it. from yesterday uh, came out and said uh, Bloodborne 2?
2: It was... I'm not it was like three days ago. He said Bloodborne 2, Bloodborne remake, and the PC port is done. I did not even I didn't even know that. That yeah. Very, very lofty claims. Yeah. Pretty 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 lofty. It yeah, sounds the whole like yeah, I
1: don't know. Sony doing all that at once is like pretty wild sounding to me, but
2: Well, in the same studio doing all three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I don't know about that. I am I am Bloodborne is my favorite game of all time. It is, you know, all its warts. I would love a remaster. Maybe. I would really like just a patch. Like, please just give me a patch. But I would take a remaster from Bluepoint because they're pretty good, especially with their remasters. And they've done essentially ports before, cleaned up ports. They've done a pretty good job. And I would feel okay about that. When it comes to Bloodborne 2... I hardly know if I would want From to make a numbered <laughs> sequel to Bloodborne just because I think it's fine as it is. I would like to see an iteration on Trick Weapons, but no offense to Bluepoint, I don't want to see Bluepoint iterate on Trick Weapons. I'm not interested in seeing what else they would have to say about it. I'd be more interested in From. And I would be fine if From just used Trick Weapons in a totally different game. I am not for it, and it's. I think it would be kind of a bummer, like I like Blue Point, and I think the Demon Souls remake is pretty good, and I would like to see what they can do with their own i p and for them for their first major original content to be making a sequel to like a pretty beloved especially a cult classic game like is just a very it feels ill advised to me, but i I don't know I just know from seems like they're not interested so maybe yeah. sony was like here we go but i uh would i mean i'll i would play it like who, who am right. i kidding like i would play it but I, like i'm extremely dubious about the idea the me following it if i did would be less excitement and more like oh how bad is this gonna turn out like is this <laughs> like how, how much am i gonna have to brace for impact
0: What do you think, Zio?
2: Yeah, no, it's it's weird, man. (laughs) Every time I bring it up, there's like a cult of (laughs) Bloodborne enthusiasts that come from my head. But, like, it it doesn't seem real. Mm. Like, it doesn't seem like something that could be possible. And yet, the sources that it's coming from are so credible. And so, honestly, I'm just, like, taking a step back on this one. Because, like, I just don't know. I hope it turns out good if it is real. And... Because, I mean, I kind of have a little bit of faith because a lot of the people at Blue Point made the Metroid Prime games, and those are my favorite games ever. Yeah, the guys that started it worked on Metroid Prime. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I'm not sure if they're, like, what their role was and how, like, in-depth they were, but like I said, it's just something I would, like, if it happens, awesome. (laughs) Let's see how it turns out. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I um, mean, at the end of the day, like... Bloodborne will always exist. Right. And like, that's what those people, there were people who freaked out about the Demon's Souls remake. I have my qualms about some architectural changes. That's understandable as I am an architect, but like Demon's Souls, the original still exists. And I know some people maybe wanted it to be a more faithful, like, you know, connection, but it's not that bad as it is. And what I always go back to is like, I can play Demon's Souls, the original whenever I want. I could be disappointed with it but i can be disappointed in lots of things it doesn't ruin what i enjoy so i oh, i feel i feel you say on the bloodborne brigade
0: <laughs> hang on like like the thing is that that applies to demon souls uh however i don't think that might apply to to bloodborne because we're not talking about a bloodborne remake oh, i mean we are but but we're also talking about the much more consequential bloodborne 2. see yeah. he, the, th- the thing is if they make bloodborne 2 no one else can make bloodborne 2 you understand so bloodborne 2 will just exist and that will be bloodborne 2 and if at some point from software wanted to engage with uh uh bloodborne they wouldn't be able to make bloodborne 2 that would that already exist they'd have to make something else bloodborne related um Mm -hmm. and so the opportunity for to have uh, from software bloodborne would be gone and yeah
2: i and it kind of if it were bad it would really tarnish the legacy too it's
0: such a it's such a precious people like yeah no it's it's a yeah uh, (laughs) it's one thing if it's just a remake i think a lot of people would be fine with that if it was a remaster or a remake a pc port stuff like that people would be uh thrilled happy over the moon the idea of a bloodborne 2 not made by by, uh from software um i'm not okay with it i would i would be (laughs) i would I, i would cover it of course but I would cover it even more negatively than Lore Hunter. I would cover it with like, <laughs> let's see how much of a train wreck this is going to be. I have yeah. no faith in their ability to pull it off. I, I, like yeah. I'm Like, I'm making no no show of, of pretending to be excited about this. I'm not excited. I'm dreading it. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll play it anyway. And maybe, uh, hopefully, Bluepoint has the talent to change my mind.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it very well, if it is real, it could be amazing. Yeah. It's a slim chance, but I mean... They could do it. Yeah. It's not completely out of the question.
1: Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where, like, From Software has such a, like, they do make all their games in like the same engine, but their art direction and the way they conceptualize things is so obvious. Like, it's so easy to recognize that. Like, even with the Demon Souls remake, people to varying degrees saw that loss of like From Software ness. So I I like. My thing is, I don't want a Bloodborne 2 from Bluepoint under any circumstances, basically. <laughs> if it does exist, I it will not destroy Bloodborne for me. Like you said, it does mean it's now part of the legacy of the series, yeah. which is tough. Like, you know, it's, I, it's, it's tough. It's weird that it would be from a different company. I, it, that's true of many franchises and you can just sort of ignore parts of them, but I I just want to see Bluepoint do something where they wouldn't be compared against like from software like that's like man it just feels like that would be setting them up for failure when I think they could really succeed on just a cool action I think RPG. They're, they're
0: talented people. Like yeah. I, I really think they're talented people, and they've they've taken on like these big projects. And um, before Demon Souls, uh, like Demon Souls was a fine remake. It was an okay remake, um, but the the thing that they did before that uh that i was really impressed with was the shadow of the colossus mm-hmm. thing that they did that like i i felt like that was almost an improvement in almost every way they were they really understood what they were doing they were respectful to to uh whatever changes they did make it was great like they really mm-hmm. understood the essence of shadow of the colossus there were some design choices and some color choices and npc changes that they made that i do not agree with um and when you're doing (laughs) it when you're doing a remake on that style with so little changes like if you're going to remake something in my personal opinion you should remake it very different from from like if you're going to make that as much changes they've decided to uh and it's not a remaster it's not just increased performance and a little bit uh better frames and resolution and all that it's an actual remake you should do what final fantasy did or resident evil 2. like if you're going to go all out go on out Mm -hmm. make it make it different uh don't don't give me this like great graphics sure but but i i should never get the feeling that you don't get something that uh, that made the original special should never Mm -hmm. get that feeling if you if you think that you're not sure about it you should keep it mostly the same yeah yeah absolutely okay actually I think this is a good place to stop. I've run out of topics anyway, and we started a little <laughs> late, so we're uh yeah. I do actually have to get going. But this All has right. been a great conversation, guys. Uh happy to have had you on again, uh Lore Hunter and Zio, you've been a great yeah. guest as well.
2: Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh well guys, this has been the Igdrisol Podcast. Thank you very much for watching.